and I got on a call with the owner and she told me, Nigel, our company just been bought and guess what? They've got an internal marketing team. We don't need you anymore. 90% of my revenue gone overnight. He could have built a really great company, but because of that person's ego, they let that get in the way. And then the e-commerce business started to fail because of COVID and some other things. And he didn't like the fact that I was actually the leader really of the business. And he couldn't accept that. So there was real internal struggle that was happening. And eventually, because of ego wanting to prove different things, the company got ran into the ground. This is Nigel Thomas and this Ladies and gentlemen, is the Ecom Alphas podcast. So for this week's episode of the podcast, we actually had a cancellation of the guest. So I thought, you know, considering I'm always talking as a host and I've got Maria here with me today, thought it might be wise to actually share a bit about who I am, what I'm doing in this world what I care about, and more importantly, where I'm going. And that might give a bit of insight for the audience. And I've got Maria Garn here, who's the head of communications at Alpha Inbound. She actually had a massive impact on my life in terms of helping me express myself. So I thought, who better to ask me some nasty questions, really delve into my personality. And yeah, hopefully we can have some fun. Hopefully we get a good episode out there. And on a Saturday afternoon, I'm in a pretty good mood. Maria, thank you so much for joining me today. Now, as the host, it feels weird to say this, I'm going to hand it over to you. Now, it's all about what the host is going to do, who he is, where did he come from, where did it all start? For me, entrepreneurship started when I was 26 years old. So I hear all these great stories. I've actually got an interesting twist out there for anyone because I hear all these great stories of young, you know, teenagers, 20 year olds, making millions, building apps, doing great things. And when I was starting out, I didn't really realize that because I wasn't in that world. I was in the corporate world. I was a cost manager at Acom. That's a construction consultancy. So I was living my life in spreadsheets and actually I was doing it for the money. If I'm being totally frank, I thought, I'll be a chartered surveyor. I'll go out to the Arab Emirates. I'll get a tax-free salary, $100,000. I'll do that for three years. I'll come back, buy a load of properties. And there we go. Jobs are good. And I'll sail off into the sunset of an easy life. I went in there about once, two years in. I was bored as shit. I'd systemized my job. I didn't really care about it. I was showing up just for the paycheck. I didn't care whatsoever. I was so bored out of my mind. And at that point, what I did is I looked at the guy who was my manager, I'm not going to say his name, and I thought, if I don't change my path, I am literally going to be him in 20 years. This guy was miserable. He was insecure. He didn't enjoy his life. He was stressed. He was angry. He wasn't a nice person. And he didn't have a lot going for him, in my opinion. Sure, he might have had a decent salary, but did I really want to slave away? Did I want to get once two promotions to be him in 20 years? No. And my dad told me once that when the writing's on the wall, you've got to make a decision. And ironically, that decision was against my mum and dad's advice because when I told them that I was going to throw all my chartership in the bin halfway through and go against all my academic studies and go out into the world of entrepreneurship and literally just go on a whim, really building some clients up on Upwork, a freelancing site, and just go for it. 
they were like, you were crazy because they, you know, my mum and dad are background for accountants. So, I mean, it's one thing being nine to five, but it's another thing being chartered accountants. Like these are the savviest of people you've got going. And I was brought up in that life. So when I challenged them, I told them they thought I was crazy, but I went for it anyway. And since those last four years, and I'm going to bring it full circle to the point I did want to make. Here's another one that I do like to talk. But the point is, is it was the best decision I ever made, even though if I knew what was coming in the next four years, I'm not sure if I would have made it. But I think the delusion is important for entrepreneurs. But I'm so much happier now. But the thing is, is I'm 30 years old now. And I sometimes get insecure and I feel like I've not achieved enough, even though I only started when I was 26. But actually, I had a conversation with Drew Green recently. He's the founder, or he's the, the CEO, rather, of Indochino, second fastest growing country in Canada. This is a guy who was offered a CEO role at one of Amazon's highest divisions, and he turned it down. They literally gave him a blank piece of paper. He's so good. And he just said no. Went to Indochino. In the first six months, he's raised 30 million revenue. Now they're doing over nine figures in six, seven years. Guys on a different level. And what he said to me was so interesting, and I certainly agree with it, is that most founders actually have success between, I think the age is about 56. It's between like 55 and 60. That's like what the hard numbers and facts say. The people who have massive success in their 20s are outliers. So sure, it's a great story. It's like with gambling, you know? There's always a great story out there. That's why everyone goes for the jackpot. But in reality, most people are losing money. The house always wins. And with entrepreneurship, it's the experience that counts more than ever. So actually, at 30 years old, I'm pretty young in the game. And now I think long-term. Whereas at 26, when I quit, and I literally wrote down a piece of paper. I've got it somewhere. I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. I didn't hit that. And it was through making some bad decisions, which we can get into. But the point is, is I realized now I am in this for the long term. And I need to be content that I'm making that progress, that 1% progress every single day towards that vision. And yeah. You said that you made the resignation, you told your parents. What was the next step? What happened? For some reason, when I was going to quit my job, I was shitting it. I really was. So I had a, a life coach at the time. And I remember doing some sessions with the life coach, basically asking him how to hand in my resignation. Because for some reason, in this environment where everyone was going towards their chartership, they were going to university, they were getting on the corporate ladder. I was like an alien to everyone. And I specifically remember the guy that I handed my notes into. I went in a room and I was kind of like shaking a little bit and I just got it over and done with. And then just as he was about, because he had to send a note off to HR to make it official, he came up to my desk with the piece of paper and he looked at me dead in the eye and went, Nigel, you sure you want to do this? And at that moment, I literally had my heart in my mouth. I was like, fuck. And all my parents' words are coming into my head. And they're the moments, they're the moments when it forks off. You either go back or, as you know, one of my favorite quotes from Winston Churchill, one man with conviction should be one, one man or woman, by the way, with conviction will overwhelm a hundred of opinions. It's making those decisions at that time when you really do believe in yourself. And I said to him, yes, this is the right decision for me. 
I don't really think I've looked back. I have questioned myself a few times, but that was a real big thing for me. And then obviously I just kind of went for it. I started building my marketing agency and yeah, we can get into that if you want. All right, then tell us about the marketing agency that you built. Yeah. So I kind of cringe at the name a little bit, if I'm being honest. The first marketing agency I built is called Service to Millions. And <laughs> it sounded like a good name at the time. I think as entrepreneurs, we all look back at some of the things we did and think, what the hell was I thinking at the time? But it was a good idea then. And probably I'm going to have a lot of ideas today that in five years time, I'm going to look back and think, what the hell are you thinking? But yeah, Service to Millions, basically, you know, standard really, nothing. I wasn't reinventing the wheel. I was running Facebook ads for e-commerce brands. And I'd started out on Upwork. I got a few clients from all different industries. And I quite quickly realized that you're going to make more money e-commerce and they've got more money to spend. And I also realized pretty quickly that on Upwork, I wasn't going to make much money. I realized that I needed to understand how to do sales and really decipher the value for myself. So what I started doing is cold emailing. Now, this has taken me on a hell of a journey because I'm still, we still obviously use cold email massively today now for inbound. And I know you're well involved with our, we've, we've got a few stories of that ourselves. So we can go into it later, but I cold emailed this brand called Mad Sports Stuff. Now at the time across Amazon and Shopify, they're doing about 20 million in revenue and bearing in mind, okay, fine. I was 26, but I was pretty fresh faced. Didn't really know what I was doing whatsoever. And I cold emailed about, I think, 40 brands, maybe. I can't even remember, honestly. I just was, I was doing it all in Gmail, no CRM, just like so raw, a template, whatever it was. I think, you know, I did some personalization, whatever. And they emailed back and the onus, Jennifer Namers, seemed interested. I don't know how I did it, but I blagged my way into a call and I didn't have a sales script at that time, really. I'd learned a few things online here or there, but... I just told her what I thought. And for some reason, she just believed me. And I was actually talking the truth. I was gave her some advice in terms of how I could help grow her sales from what I've seen, done a bit of analysis here and there. But I think the thing that made the biggest difference is they were spending quite a lot of money. So they were spending about, for me at the time at least, 50,000 a month on Facebook ads. And I actually was honest with myself and said, I probably need some help here. So what I did, why obviously this comes full circle today, is I went out to a marketer that had way more experience with bigger budgets. His name is the one and only Josh Graham, who's the founder of Alpha Inbound. And I spoke to him and told him the situation and we negotiated a deal. So he would come in and con I contract out and he'd help me with the work almost as a consultant, but he was doing a lot of the fulfillment and I would manage the client relationship. And that worked really well. And we got them absolutely incredible results, you know, millions of dollars. But I think that was a big learning curve for me in terms of accepting you're not always going to be great at everything and, you know, build a team and be better. But the biggest learning that came out of that relationship is because it was so successful, it was almost a double-edged sword because I got complacent with not doing sales. So this was taking up a lot of time now, the client relationship. And, you know, myself, I had some months where I was doing, I don't know, 
seven, ten thousand dollars or so a month, which at the time, like just coming out from, you know, a pretty average salary was pretty decent numbers at the time. It wasn't all profit, but the point was, was it was good enough to get complacent. And one day, and I kind of knew it in the back of my mind, and it was one of those where you know something bad's going to happen. You haven't done anything about it. You haven't faced the truth. And then it came. And I got on a call with the owner and she told me, Nigel, our company just been bought. And guess what? They've got an internal marketing team. We don't need you anymore. 90% of my revenue gone overnight. Didn't know how to pay my bills. And then all I was thinking about is why the hell haven't I been making sales, trying to get new clients over the last few months. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I literally knelt down on the floor and I had tears in my eyes. And I remember going and sitting with my ex-partner at the time and I wasn't even sure how I was going to be getting by over the next few months. So it was a big lesson that for me, if I'm being totally frank. And obviously a few other things happened on the road to starting Alpha Inbound. But what I do want to say for anyone out there who's an entrepreneur is I never learned lessons like that at any stage of my life when I was in the corporate world or even in school. And that's what I love about entrepreneurship and business. It keeps you honest. It keeps you real because the market does not lie. This is hard, but what you learn from those experiences shapes you as a person. And that's why I love entrepreneurship. I mean, my, my motto now is stay true to yourself. So there's a reason for that. All right. So you had this experience from your agency and your first one, it didn't work out. So what did you do next? Yeah. So this is one of the times when I really questioned, should I go and get a job? And my mum and dad were in my ear telling me to go and get a job. I didn't want to. I really didn't want to. And an opportunity came up. We're just going to leave names out of it. It's just, I'd rather be respectful that way. But an opportunity came up with a different agency and I applied for a job, which is quite funny. I applied for a job for the the owner because I saw this opportunity come up. I've basically been networking with this guy, so I'd known him a little bit. And an opportunity came up to grow his agency, an e-commerce growth agency. I applied for the role and he actually went with someone else. And then two months in, that guy didn't work out. And then he came back to me. Now, at the time, I was pretty desperate. I wasn't I wasn't even getting by month to month. I had about $50,000, it might have even been sixty, but about $50,000, $60,000 worth of debt behind me in credit cards, loans, all the rest of it. You know, I wasn't good at money management. I still don't think I'm perfect now, but I've improved a lot. And I was pretty desperate, if I'm being honest. And this led to some real issues. But anyway, the point is, is I went for this marketing agency. And the guy took me on board. And then a few months into it, he spoke about his ambitions to build another agency, which wasn't in the e-commerce space. It was in the real estate space. So really helping realtors find more qualified leads across the United States, even though we we're both based in the UK, through Facebook ads. So essentially using Facebook, finding the leads, sending them to them. They call up people who want to buy houses and obviously close deals on the back end. So lead generation service, not too complicated. The only thing is, is obviously because he was busy running the e-commerce side, 
he wanted help building the real estate side of things. And yeah, we started off building it together. So in terms of going to meet the guy or what was the arrangement, can you just go into that even further? Because this is kind of crucial to the story. I'd never met him in person when we start when he signed the agreement to run for his e-commerce agency. And then he messaged me one day out of the blue saying, hey, Nigel, I want to start this other agency, the real estate one. Would you want to come to my house? He kind of drew it up as this like big exclusive thing, which at the time it got me really excited. Do you want to come to my house? Lived over somewhere in London for a few days, for a week, and really come and help me build this thing from scratch. Looking back, it was because that was a way to manipulate someone. That was the truth, if we're looking back at what actually happened. But I didn't see it like that at the time. I saw it was a big opportunity. I was really excited. I felt empowered. And yeah, I went for it. I went to his house and it was quite interesting because I still remember there was one night and we were building this agency from scratch, this new one. And we were doing all this crazy stuff in the day in terms of, you know, setting up systems, setting up CRM, setting up lead lists to get the acquisition going. And there was one night and we were working at this office and it was there was an office outside of the house and it was quite cold out there and it got to about half eight in the evening and maybe a little bit earlier. And I was sat there in the office outside in my head. I'm like, you know, I'm going for this. Like, for me, my personality is I'm all in or nothing. I'm either all in, I'm going for this, everything I've got, all hours of the day, full energy, or I don't really want to take part. And I remember he said to me, I'm going to go inside and I'm actually just going to watch some TV and I'm going to do a little bit of tidy up work in front of the computer, letting me stay out there grinding until like midnight or whatever it was. And in the pit of my stomach, I remember feeling, that's a little bit off, isn't it? I didn't really, I just kind of let it go by. But actually looking back, these are the moments where you realize of your intuition. These are important things to know. The other thing was we actually spoke about the finances of the company and talked about what would happen if it took off and all these kind of things. And I talked about what I'd like to earn. And it wasn't huge amounts at the time, but I also remember one of his responses was, and again, this is just me. I'm I'm the idiot for not acting on this. But his response to me asking to earn more money was, wow, if you want to earn that kind of money, you'll have to go and get a job in sales somewhere. That was his response. And again, it just didn't feel right in the pit of my stomach, but it was what it was. So yeah. And the other thing is that I've not even said is the entire first month, which was phrased as a trial period to me, I worked for free. I got a bit of petrol money to go back home, but I worked for free and I built pretty much a business from scratch. I didn't do everything, so I don't want to take credit for everything, but I did a lot of it. Does that give you a good idea? Yeah, it kind of does. All right. So do you want to tell us more about what happened in that business? What challenges you faced? How did it build up? How did it end? It's important to point out that the market at the time, it wasn't far away off COVID. So there were certain things that couldn't be helped. But the point is, is we go from zero and by the end of that year, we pretty much hit a seven figure run rate. So this was the, just for the real estate business that I was now fully integrated with. And what happened over the course of that time is as we got bigger and bigger and we started to get some more success, we started hiring a lot of people and I 
was very integrated with not always bringing the people through the door in terms of recruitment. The owner was definitely active in that role for the first few hires at least. But once they were on board, I was very integrated in the leadership. So the problem was they were seeing me as a leader and it isn't because I'm like this great leader. I, I honestly don't think that. I think I've got a lot of mistakes. I think I do love leading and I, become, I can become a great leader, but it was just because I cared more. I, I worked harder and I was there for them and I spoke to them and they respected me more because of that. So I had their trust. And the problem was if this person had seen that, he could have built a really great company in terms of people working their strengths, weaknesses. But because of that person's ego, they let that get in the way. And then the e-commerce business started to fail because of COVID and some other things. And then he wanted to come back and take the reins in other areas of the business. And he didn't like the fact that I was actually the leader, really, of the business. And he couldn't accept that. So there was real internal struggle that was happening. And eventually, because of ego and wanting to prove different things, and there were loads of other reasons that were thrown in. I don't think the other people in the company might necessarily agree. Not all of them, but most, like 80% of them would, just because I know because they told me. It was because of mainly ego that the company got ran into the ground. And six months into 2021, it was, shut, it was shutting its doors after having so much success at the back end of 2020 and having a great prospect for the new year, it was terrible management. And honestly, now looking back, I'm so grateful for that experience. But there was one moment when, for you know, it was actually yourself. You So you were brought on, so people don't know, you were brought on in February and you were massively instrumental in terms of hiring people because we built a call center of people in the Philippines and because you obviously having a Philippine background, being a Filipino yourself, you connect with these people in a way and you had, you know, this aura about you, you still do being a national beauty pageant. So you had a, that aura, they respected you so much and obviously your due diligence, your attention to detail, the fact that me and you had such a great working relationship. And then you told the owner some cold, hard truths and because they didn't like it, and you actually, you handed your notice in, but they essentially just fired you and it just left a salty taste in everyone's mouths. It was because of those kind of things, a toxic environment was created. And there was a moment when you got fired and there was a few other internal things going on. I was basically locked out of all company finances overnight with no reason. I was on a Zoom meeting and the recording was turned on, even though like automatically, even though it wasn't usually, I went to approach a person who had done it and I knew they'd done it because I figured out in the back end they'd done it. And when I asked them, they lied to me and said they hadn't. So people were trying to like track what people were saying on meetings. It was all just so toxic. And going from such an incredible atmosphere to that, it really upset me, to be honest, because even though a lot of people say, and I want to challenge this statement, oh no, that's just business. You know what? Excuse my French, but fuck that. I don't believe in that statement. That's just business is an excuse. It's an excuse for not treating people right. So whoever wants to say that, fair enough, but that's not how I do business because I actually really do care about people. And people might say, well, you're too emotionally tied into what you're doing. Well, fair enough. Judge me if you want, but that's just how I am as a person. And I really care. And it really, it was hard for me that moment 
but I'm grateful for the experience because I saw what happens when you don't do the things right. You don't take the time to care. You don't speak to the people. You don't look out for them. You don't give people roadmaps and targets and listen to how much they should be earning compared to the market, compared to the success of the business and empower people instead of making people anxious and questioning things about themselves in the background. And you don't do those things, at least this toxic environment and it can quite quickly just grow out of control and just complete chaos. And I'm a much better person because of that experience. So as the saying goes, every cloud has a silver lining. And if you're not fed up of my story so far, there'll be part two released later this week. It should be Thursday or Friday, where I'll delve into more about Alpha Inbounds, more about that experience and kind of relating it back moving forward, what I stand for, where I want to go in my life and what's really important to me. I really do appreciate you stopping by, taking the time. If you do enjoy the podcast, we are going to rebrand it soon, but really appreciate a review. Share it with one friend. Have a fantastic week. Get after it. And as always, stay true to yourself.